Welcome to Deeper Dive. I'm your host, Jay Wall. And this weekly podcast is brought to you by Plantation Estate Church. This is season three, episode 48. And of course, this podcast does not become complete unless I deal with the lady. I call her D W O W. And that stands for Dawn Way Out West because she's still out in California. So I have to deal with her, even though she's close by on Zoom. I want to thank you, Dawn. I know you haven't been on the past couple of weeks, but we've been praying for you. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much. Don't worry. Don't worry. You make yeah, you make this a podcast. Yep. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I also want to thank our social media, uh, whatever platform you may be using, um, for taking the time out. Any sermon-related questions that you may have, questions, comments, or even concerns, please contact us via WhatsApp at 954-388-8780. And man, what we have today... <laughs> Who we have yeah. today. And a long time coming, man. Long, long time, time coming, man. This gentleman is extra extraordinary. Every which way you want to look at it, he is. This guy's awesome. And we want to welcome Dr. Myron Evans. Welcome, brother. This is really cool. I'm glad to be here. Glad nice. to have you, man. I like, uh, I like, I, I knew I loved uh, Plantation after the weekend. Actually, no, it starts before that. I fell, I fell in love with plantation because in contact to the church. I felt home when I got there. And yeah. now I'm on the podcast. Yeah. I'm gonna tell my yeah. yeah. This this only it's only the privilege for you, you know. <laughs> only the privilege you get. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I can know. All right, let's uh let's go ahead and give start with a prayer and we'll be underway. Father God, I thank you once again for all you've done for us, Lord. We're not worthy in any way, shape, or form. But Lord, that you loved us, Lord. You predestined us, Lord, for greater things. And we want to thank you. Lord, continue to bless this podcast. Lord, continue to bless uh, Dawn as she gets better. Lord, I thank you for her just making me a dynamic duo for your word. Continue to bless the podcast and the speakers. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All right. So. I realized that you did a part one and a part two, so you had a sequel. And your first one was your story matters, and then you went into it is necessary. Why did you choose Joseph to talk about for this weekend? Hmm, that's a good question. Actually, I have just been studying Joseph personally lately. Um, true story. I, I got a book from my mother-in-law that she gave me. The book is like the book was written in the 1950s, and it was about Joseph. And it is one of the best books I've ever read. So I had this like impression that I wanted to study more about Joseph. Uh, there's some stuff I was going through personally. And um, yeah, so I started looking for this book and I couldn't find it. And I know I had it in my library. It's not something you can get on Amazon um, because the book is out of circulation. And so I went down in my basement and I got tons of books down there and I could not find the book. I came back upstairs. And uh, I was just like, you know, just a short prayer, like, Lord, help me find this book. Went back downstairs and, you know, random, but not so randomly found the book tucked up under another book somewhere in the back of the, you know, the basement and found the book. And so honestly, that book is really one of the best books I've ever read uh, on the life of Joseph. I can't remember what the name of the book is right now, Um, but it's a really old book. And um, I just been in love with Joseph lately. And so I've been preaching about Joseph at my church and 
then I realized I was like, wow, Joseph would make a great template uh, mm. to share with the men uh, about the experience that men have, uh, not just people, but men in general. And so that's kind of that's kind of how it evolved. Okay. Well, I, I didn't know you cared for me so much, but thank you. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, now I know. Now, now I know, know real. Oh, the love is real. Life with J World. The Holy the Holy the Holy Ghost loves the Holy Ghost loves you a lot. I know, I know that, brother. I appreciate it. But <laughs> you, you, you know, the way that you did this sermon was, you know, it was like it's like like Don said, it was a it's a sweet sequel. And you know, because you were like, you got to get to the other half of the sermon. But what thing about it that people don't understand is the significance of Joseph's transformation from being kidnapped to moving on. It, describe how you did that, because a lot of people are scratching their heads like, wow, I didn't know Joseph went that way hmm. toward his way to Egypt. Hmm. And the transformation, somehow they got lost yeah. Yeah, in yeah, translation. Yeah, yeah. They're like, whoa, he, I didn't know it was done this way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, speak about that a minute. That's true. Um, I think we take for granted a lot of the stories in the Bible, just mainly because we are familiar with them, but we all, all we don't always remember details and the yeah. details come from, from study. Right. So even me, um, you know, I preach the Bible all the time, but I'm always learning new things about the Bible. So it actually wasn't in the Joseph narrative in Genesis 37 uh, where the it's necessary idea came from. It actually came from, sort of a ubiquitous, like random scripture about Joseph in Psalms, which I didn't even know. So, um, yeah, I cross-referenced and looked at Psalms, and essentially Psalms 105 says that God sent Joseph. And normally I would probably read by that and not pay attention to it. But, man, when you think about it, like, hold on for a second. I thought Joseph was sold into slavery, and he was. But yeah. the perspective of God was, yeah, from a human perspective, he was sold. But I, that's how I used, that's how I, that's how I used Joseph's slavery, enslavement and the hatred of his brothers to send him on his assignment. Right. And so, right. so I'm like, whoa, that's, uh, that will preach. <laughs> I mean, actually, even before I said that will preach, I was more like, that's powerful. Like, even in my current situation, um, and I know all of us, we probably feel sometimes that our circumstances are unfavorable and. You know, we wish we weren't where we were and I wish things were better. And yeah. To know that God is at work in the midst of all that and that even in the worst circumstances, God uses those things to get us into his will. Yeah, that that was um, that was kind of mind blowing for me. Actually, it was seriously, because, I mean, you know, when you talk, talked about it, I was like, wow, you know, it's like that he propelled him to his destiny, you know, for the brothers. Mm -hmm. And here he's turning around and, you know, as the story goes on, you know, he's gone through the whole thing, but I'm not going to try to add on to it. But it's just that part which really dazzled me when you broke it down to because, I mean, I hear the brothers, uh, you were talking about it at the picnic, uh, you know, uh, should I say barbecue? Um, you missed that, by the way. I, I eat enough for everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm really mad I missed that. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, and let me say this. I think that our human nature is to always emphasize the unpleasant experiences to the extent that we almost eliminate God's activity in our lives. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, you know, we just, the negative 
almost makes us always want to have the perspective of that the devil is busy, the devil is at work. And I think sometimes we give the devil way more credit than he deserves. Uh, you know, the Bible says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. But even more so than that, I think this story, which was so profound to me, is that God moves a little differently sometimes than we talk about in the church. Like God literally used the dysfunction and the evil of his yeah. brothers to put him on mm -hmm. his assignment. That's that's crazy. I mean, crazy in the good way. Like blowing right so by extension we assume then that you know god's not limited by dysfunction he's not limited by sin even um you know yeah. we can see all through scripture he, he can he can use anything he's not handcuffed by like you know our problems and our situation and so that's good news. and goodness for that hmm. I, I saw that in the first sermon that you talked about um it's impossible to be outside of God's will. What did you mean by that? Yeah, I think and that's in the sense of God's sovereign will, meaning God's will is going to be done, period. So you have two, I mean, three levels of this, obviously. You know, you have God's sovereign will, which means that no matter what happens in this world until the very end of time, we can all say that his will will be done, period. Right. And we're all living in that. I think what I emphasize, what I try to emphasize more so is that we can choose to participate in his will mm -hmm. or we can choose to not participate in his will. Yeah. Um, I think that's where some people find themselves um, is not participating in his will. And even in those cases, um, you know, you, some people may, if you really wanted to like get theological and parse this, you say, was it, was it God's will? For, him, uh, for the brothers to sell their brother into slavery. No, well, maybe not from a moral perspective. You know, God yeah. doesn't want to sell one another. Mm -hmm. uh, we know and understand that. But, um, and this is where, you know, we got to step back and, you know, kind of claim Isaiah 55, his ways are not our ways, neither his thoughts are our thoughts. Yeah. Uh, God can't, God can't know. Is it is that kind of what God wanted? Mm -hmm. No, but does he know the end from the beginning? Pretty much. Did he know that was going to happen before it happened? Before it happened, yeah. Um, and so, did he work through that and cause his will to be performed? He sure did. So it's it's amazing. I think think about that. That you have people not doing what he wants, and yet his will will still come together. Come together. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I I I think uh, you know Don like we were talking a while back with the brothers that we can't see past our mess. And mm -hmm. God is already waiting to straighten it out. He's, he's given a pathway, but we can't get past that. Mm -hmm. We can't. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the distraction comes from the adversary mm -hmm. to let us know that, you know, he wants distraction. So that way we can't see that pathway that God's given us. You know, mm -hmm. I, like that. There. I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta piggyback on that a little bit more before we, before we move on. Mm -hmm. And I think if there were, if you were to ask me why, why, what is the, who are you speaking to? I'm speaking to the person who can't see past their mess. That's mm. that's yeah. God being able to do what he wants. To. And we know that his grace, me, I use his will and his grace almost synonymously. God's grace is huge. It's, I like to say like God's will and his grace is an ocean. It's not a swimming pool. Right. You know, there's room for mistakes. There's room for you know, messed up families and messed up people in his will and in his grace. There's room for it. 
yeah. uh, that's what the cross is all about. And so, yeah, I, I'm definitely speaking to that person. Amen. 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 All right. So let's jump to um, the, the, the thrilling saga of part two. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Don, you should, Don, you should have been there. How the pastor moved the female crowd. I saw that. I was watching. I was watching. As the camera went on all the females. The they were, hey, Yes. Yeah, they were very, very involved. Oh my goodness, he did. Yeah, yeah, he do yeah. it. Yeah, he he went a he went a little R rated, but it, it was worth it. A little bit uh, extra of, with all the fineness yeah, of Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, had me checking my pectorals and I all that other stuff. For sure. It was funny because the camera guy get, got the feedback of the guys that were like. Yeah, they were like women are like, mm. oh, and it all into uh, it and everything was funny. funny. Yeah, that was just uh, <laughs> but another you know, one thing about it, Don, I didn't notice that when he uh when uh Pastor um Edmund spoke about the fact that how he the 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 moment of when he could have changed everything when you know slept with his woman, but it's how like you said, Pastor, that it was not in his will to do that because of what God has done for him mm -hmm. through all this time. He was more or less witnessing to this lady. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Pretty he much. was witnessing to this woman. Yeah. It, <laughs> and that's remarkable. That's remarkable. And of course, you know, then everything was going to unfold to go his way to, you know, as the story goes, but that was powerful. I mean, I, 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 you know, I would like to be a fly on the wall to see that one, just to see what he said to that woman. Because I know that woman was gorgeous. Uh, I'm just being straight up. I know she was gorgeous. John, <laughs> why are you rolling your eyes? You go back yeah. to the biblical days, how beautiful those women were. I'm not Egyptian. Can only hear. Can only hear. They do look good. They do look good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's an African woman now. That's an, that's there you go. Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, Egypt is an Okay. African. And you know. He probably, look, Joe probably made The Rock look like a, a string bean. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was, that, that's the point there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, again, you know, you think about it, Joseph is, to me, he's primed and he is almost set up to fail. Yeah. I think that was the driving point, like, you know, most people would give Joseph a pass, you know, in the streets, if you will, because of all that he's been through. Nobody will be, be you know, would judge him harshly. He's been, he's a slave. His family has rejected him. He's in a foreign country. He don't got no church to go to. Yeah. You know, there's no no Sabbath quarterly out there in Egypt in the Egypt streets. You know, he's he's all alone. You know, and um, you know he's got a lot of trauma, a lot of dysfunction. I mean, shoot, he should be suicidal. You know, I mean, anything that's not righteous, we would almost say, man, I get it. What a messed up life he's had. But in Joseph's mind, because his perspective was different, he yeah. didn't look at all of that as like the worst thing that happened to him. He looked at how he had survived all that, how good God had been, which is what changed his mindset towards a test and a temptation. And so I guess that was, I mean, that's the point there, you know, it's like how we see our circumstances can determine how we respond to the various 
you know, tests and temptations that come our way. And if we were to embrace the goodness of God, that's enough, you know, to propel us um, towards. As a matter of fact, Romans uh, 2 and 4 says that it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. That's it. Yeah. That's the only yeah. motivator. Yeah. The only motivator to do what is right is the goodness of God. And Joseph, it seems as if he should not have felt that way, that God was not good, but he chose at some point in his life to see his life as blessed and not cursed. You're talking about church office. There are a lot of people, um, you were talking to the brothers, actually. You said there were a lot of mm-hmm. brothers that put on the church office and expect to get the respect um, that is due and so behave a certain kind of way and they should not be in office. Yeah, that was a little tangential, but I think, uh, you know, I may have been talking to the men. I think what I've noticed, uh, and this is sort of just a tangent, but a burden of mine is that um, in many of our churches, church contexts, sometimes, unlike Joseph, I should say, um, the spiritual leaders, in many cases, from a spiritual perspective, I'm talking about the spiritual energy, the spiritual ethos, the spiritual uh, power comes from women. That's true. And positional leaders, the people who hold the power those that have the titles are men and what i would like to see is more josephs joseph had no title he had no authority really he had no power from a political perspective but he personally had power mm-hmm. he was spiritual it reminds me of christ 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 didn't have clout when he was here on earth from a no. political and positional perspective right Christ had more power than all the kingdoms put together because he had spiritual power. Yeah. And really, I'm just for that male ego where we just feel like we got to be in charge. But in many respects, we have not earned that spiritual privilege because we don't possess like legitimate power. And that's the love of Christ. You know, I'm talking about power in the home, like mm-hmm. Holy Spirit power, power to be empathetic and compassionate and to pour into your family love and uh, faith and hope and character. Um, Yeah. I'm concerned about that with brothers. Um, And that's part of what we were trying to undo in our afternoon sessions was get guys vulnerable and not like trying to overcompensate through titles, positions, and in the worldly sense, that would be things, clothes, cars, money. Yeah. But in yeah. the church, it's more mm-hmm. spiritual to, you know, have a, you know, you're the elder, you're the deacon, you know, whatever you are. But, um, you know, anybody got healed by you lately? Mm. Uh, anybody got saved? Uh, anybody's life been transformed? Um, when you pray, do things happen? Anybody been healed by your handkerchief? Um, you know, you know, I'm saying like you, you, the apostles had the Holy ghost. <laughs> and I think that's what I would like to see more of. And I think, it, I think more or less what, what I was trying to explain, uh, in a tangential way is that Joseph had none of those, uh, worldly accoutrements, but he had the character power that I think is so desperately needed amongst men. Totally understood. You know, um, I know we can't talk about the um, um, our sessions of on the vespers because there's a, <clears throat> a certain person on the podcast. Um, so, 
<laughs> but I, um, the thing about it is what 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 gets me is that I notice a lot of brothers. We seem to have a problem with the fruits of the spirit. It's like we may have some, and, and then some we don't have at all. Mm. You know, because it seems like it's kind of a shell. You know, in our lives. You know, when it even comes to the positions that those are areas that we need to be filled in. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I don't think you can have one without the other, actually. I only think there's one fruit of the Spirit. The rest of them, to me, are um, fruit of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And as a result mm -hmm. of having love, there's joy, there is peace, there is goodness, there is self-control. You know, I guess there's no law, right? That's, yeah. I think, that part right there. But for so long... We have socialized men in strength and power and sto being stoic. Um, and you look at and you say, okay, something's wrong. Either Christ is effeminate or we're wrong altogether. And Christ is a real man. And real men actually are empathetic, are loving. Um, uh, the children's on their lap and they feel safe. The women, no matter what their background, come around them and they feel safe. And, you know, let's be honest, in the church, we cannot say, and I'm talking about Seventh-day Adventist church, we cannot say that we as men have created a safe space for women and children the same way Jesus did. Yeah. Wow. I don't think, you know, given some things that happened in the church, uh, because we don't possess his character. If we had his character, you know, and the fruit of the spirit, as we had been describing, really is just the, you know, love side. I think there would be less of the abuses that we see in the body of Christ and our families and our homes. Uh, honestly, I mean, one of the reasons why we started this ministry is because I wanted to find a way to help women and children. But I'm just passionate about men. Some people are called to minister to women and children. I'm called to women and children by ministering mm -hmm. to men. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, let's get men healed and we'll see fa healed, healed families and communities and churches. That sounds powerful. I wanted to talk a little bit about your ministry. Um, when did it start? And as you just said, you were passionate for the men so you could heal the families. When do you think you'll actually start to see, or do you start to see that as a reality now? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, being in places like Plantation over the weekend helped me to see that when I hear the testimonies of, of, of men and, you know, actually, I obviously have had family members of some of these brothers come up to me and share. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just, I, I think, I just, let me just say this. The leadership at Plantation, you know, Hugh and, and, and team and the rest of you guys just did a phenomenal job, I think, of modeling transparency. Uh, even with the testimony you guys shared in the uh, men's ministry promo was just so transparent and just so real. I mean, you can't only but expect for there to be the fruit of that in the men and then by extension in the families. And so... I mean, honestly, I, I know you asked me the direct question, but I really just want to affirm what's happening at Plantation with the men. Um, mm -hmm. We feel like if if what started that afternoon, we had a bunch of guys to decide to sign up for the winning circle and to be a part of, you know, what he, you and you you guys are doing. I think 
I mean, the sky is the limit. Can you imagine what would happen if God works this kind of healing revival amongst men in a church? Yeah. yeah. I mean, how that can spill over. Um, you know, women have been sustaining the church, to be honest. Yeah, They've been holding they it down. Um, I think if men, you know, finally get it and get healed, you know, you could have Pentecost. So, Amen. This is, it was, I was very encouraged there um, and experienced that. It's not often, I mean, we get af affirmation a lot, you know, maybe an email or a text here, but actually physically in front of people listening to brothers' stories, that was, you know, like Colin is one of them, honestly. I mean, yeah, I, I can't stop powerful. thinking about your husband. That was powerful. Well, you know, and, and, that was very um, powerful. And not just any, we got a chance to talk over over dinner. E, myself, and a few others were all sitting in outside, and we're just talking real, and you know, just be able to hear the the stories. I was just like, wow, I guess this is really changing people's lives. This is serious, you know. <laughs> you don't always know it, you know, but to hear it uh, is yeah. is powerful. Um, I can honestly say, when Hugh asked me to do my testimony, I was more than willing to do mine. I, I had to, mm. you know. Because that's why I felt about what winning circles done for me, you know. As I, I said, it, it it produced a better prayer life. It, it produced mm -hmm. uh, stewardship. Mm -hmm. It also helped me with my brothers in transparency, and showing what brotherhood is all about. But most of all, mm -hmm. it had it made me have a much much better marriage mm -hmm. than where I was before. Mm -hmm. And prayer life, like I said, prayer life with my wife is excellent. And it's just it's just wonderful. So I, I was more than happy to say that with my testimony. And I praise God for that. I when never get I never get used to hearing that. Never. <laughs> Seriously. It's kind of like, wow, this is real. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. I mean, it's all been virtual. Honestly, it's been virtual. So it's different, right? You know, this is a new reality, post-code reality. So a lot of it's been virtual. But it's just different when you get in a room with people and you can just feel that physical energy and the, the passion and the emotion. It's just like, wow, what a, God is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the altar call was awesome. Don, the altar call was awesome. That's right. That altar call was awesome. I mean, that that's just wonderful, man. That's just wonderful. Um, you know, personally for me, like I said, when I when when you told me on Monday mornings, when you sometime when you tell me, let's get it. I'm getting it, bro. I'm there with you. I'm getting it, man. I'm getting it. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I'm getting it, bro. So I'm, I'm in there, man. So and, you know, I thank my wife, man. But just, just with the brothers, man, it's just so, so tangible when you see the brothers there. Brothers crying. Brothers really opening their hearts to someone. This is what they fear. This is what they want happening. And you find out there's a lot of other brothers that are like, hey, I've been there. I've mm -hmm. been there. You know what I'm saying? This is what I got through. And that's community. That's community starting that. And that's a okay. wonderful thing. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. For that. You know, I have a question, actually. What I wanted to know is, why do you think it is, or why is it, I should just ask you guys, why is it that guys just don't talk like the girls talk? Why don't they want to share naturally in a group? That's easy. I think <laughs> it's um, from the beginning of time, patriarchy and you know manhood as, as has been taught and assumed by cultures for thousands of years has been that men 
are supposed to be strong and yeah. women are weaker. Period. That's it. And so when you're weaker, you're emotional, you talk a lot. When you're strong, you're stoic, you're quiet, and you fight through no matter what you're going through, you know. And so you can see that on so many levels. It's just a social construct that's alive from the pit of hell that women are emotional and men are not. To call somebody emotional is to call them human. Yeah. We are all emotional. It's just that women have been given permission to to express their emotions and men have not, which is why men die earlier, sooner, are sicker, are, you know, subject to more mental health issues, et cetera, because we essentially have been told we can't be human. And that manhood is some, you know, amalgamation of an automaton, like a some fake version of an AI reality uh, TV show where <laughs> men just walk around mm -hmm. and they're impervious to life and impervious to struggles. And, and so then that only causes isolation and, you know, everybody's acting like they got it together. And yeah, man, it is, I think it's the worst thing that can happen to a man is for him to be isolated and lonely and mm -hmm. not vulnerable. Yeah. So why is that also happening within a Christian environment. You would think, well, you know, you got your relationship with Christ, you should actually understand the concept that, you know, this is not something that you should do. Why do you think men, with, even within the Adventist church, do it too? Because culture is more powerful than, than, um, than the scriptures in terms of our, what influences us. And I, yeah. I don't get me started on this. This is a whole other <laughs> conversation. Um, well, you're coming back. We know that. Yeah, okay. wow. yeah no. <laughs> culture culture is more powerful than, than anything else. Uh, just even how we read scripture mm. is read through a cultural lens. Um, mm. And that's a dangerous thing when it comes to really understanding what God's will is. Uh, because we start assuming things about what God said instead of actually taking what he said literally. Christ. This is so vulnerable. He's yeah. in the garden of Gethsemane. So the salvation of all of humanity hangs in the balance if he gets if he dies on the cross for our sins. And he says out loud, essentially, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I'm feeling weak. Right. I'm feeling like I'm not going to make it. Right. And I get three of you guys to just come to me and hold me up for a little while just so I can get through this because I don't think I can do this. Right. How many men do you know that have that kind of bravado? We don't. The yeah. bra bravado we got, the average man would have been like, I got this. Y'all stay down here. I'm going to go up here and be the hero. Mm. Jesus did not have a hero's mentality at all. He limped to the cross. He did. So. Wow. 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 Awesome. wow. Uh, well, Donna, I'm 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 ready for part three. When I know shows part up three. Again, I'm you know? ready. <laughs> <laughs> ready for the next installment. Next installment, mm -hmm. man. Um, personally, I want to thank you, uh, Dr. Myron, uh, just the fact that having a wonderful, fabulous weekend uh, for bringing brothers together. Um, you know, the vespers was great. Um, just the whole weekend all together, and in winning circle, like I said, this is this is a hub for the brothers. In that, in our area to come to, yeah. and this is this is this is wonderful. So you know, you know, I'm gonna be on, you know, I'm gonna be on contacting you, and um, contacting other brothers. But I thank you for your your facilitators on uh, Winning Circle. They're doing an excellent job, mm -hmm. like Nathan, 
and uh, the gentleman that I forgot the gentleman that was with you, your best friend. Kimoni. Oh, Kimon. Yes. Kimon. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I love. Yeah. Oh, so Kimon. God bless him as well. Yeah. For doing that. You have any Absolutely. more? Anything? Thank you. Kimon? No, no, okay. I'm good. That's good. Well, brother, as we always do, we ask our speakers. I, uh, I want you to know I'm pleasantly I wanted to say, guys, that uh, bit of uh, affirmation to Dawn and that she was, and um, she has gone to a level my eyes now. I know that she's blessed. My wife's. Uh, am I right about that, Dawn? Did I hear a little? Uh, the king's, uh, the queen's. I should say, was well, the king now? The king, the king's, uh, <laughs> the king's uh, accent in your voice. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I like how she. <laughs> She's like, mm, mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I listen to Colin. Oh, I listen to Colin talking. Oh yes, Colin's from Antigua, and I did. I, I mean, we did a whole, we did a whole podcast together on my testimony. My yeah, yep. yeah. Even, I didn't even catch that, Don. I didn't even catch that. Shout out yeah. to testimony. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I look. They're, they're, they're Colin and, and Don doing a great job doing that, man. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm ready for, I'm ready for number two, Don. You know that already. I know, so. right? Yeah, I'm ready for number two for my testimony. So, I know. but uh, uh, Dr. Evans, thank you, thank you for taking the time out. I know we've been missing the time, time zone issues, and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. But thanks for just taking the time coming down here, blessing us, being blessed, and um, your family as well. And just, you know, winning circle is what it is, because it's, it's nothing but winning. The, the, the winning has been won, should I say. Yes. And, um, so if you don't mind, just leave us out in a word of prayer. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, and we're just thankful for the weekend that we had recently with men planning that be a moment, but a movement, not just an event, Lord, but an experience that will last a lifetime amongst the men where transformation will happen in their lives. Lord, I want to thank you also for um, just the promises of your word that no matter how bad our situations are, you can work even in our situations to bring about your will and your ultimate plan for our lives. Thank you for hearing and answering this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, brother. We thank you. I know you're busy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, we, you can go ahead and sign off if you'd like to, but we're finishing up with our birthdays. Oh, Don, we got a couple birthdays. They, um, we I'm, do? I'm gonna blame you. I'm blame I don't you have any birthdays. Do I'm you have birthdays, you. Joe? Huh? Do you have the birthdays? Because I don't have any birthdays. I have nothing. So oh, we got the Cassandra. I know. Because I had stuff for last week. <laughs> oh, you didn't even have one for last week? Wow. Yeah, I had to do Jennifer. I had to do uh, Joshua. Mm. Uh, two other people I think we had. Okay. So, okay. But it's all right. November's mm -hmm. a, look, December uh, is a good month. So I'm sure it's going <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, I want to thank uh, Pastor... Um, Edmonds, once again, continue to be blessed, brother. We will be in contact with you. Uh, to listen to more of uh, Pastor Edmonds' full sermon, please go to Plantation SDA uh, Church YouTube channel or simply go to PlantationSDA.tv. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel to be notified of all upcoming live streams and programs. And lastly, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. 
which is us. We like <laughs> hit the button, like, like, whatever. Like, like. Something. Do, do something. That's what we're right? mm-hmm. Yeah. Deeper Don, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. God bless. Hope you get better. Yes, thank with you. With your so voice much. and everything. Thank you. And I like it when you do here because this podcast is always better with you. Oh. So be blessed, young lady. Be blessed. Right, thank you.